cool. Awesome. That was fun. <laughs> Good afternoon, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Tawalets. Again, every episode, I tell you that there is a big comedy scene here in the Philippines, but people don't really know about it. So I want people to hear from the writers and performers in this comedy scene. Today, we have a guest who is a stand-up comic and the creator of Solid OK. He is also a writer that has studied and performed abroad and in the Philippines. This is Ryan Puno. Hey, Ryan. Woo-woo. How are you? All right. You are great. I am great. Let's Thank talk a little bit about intro. the comedy scene. Let's get right into it. What is your comedy opinion scene. on the local scene? What is your I think the local scene mm. is super exciting now. I oh, think really? The tides are what do you mean by that? <laughs> I think so. I think there's. Mm. It's having a moment. I, you know, I think there's a lot to be excited about with I all agree. kinds of forms. Stand-up, improv, with sketch as well. That you know the the stuff we've been doing. It has. I think it's been getting a good response. Yeah, I think absolutely. The audience and I've been seeing growing. this morning, yeah. for example, I saw the post on Blagag of the Auto Chongs, and mm. within 20 minutes, it yes. went from 600 views to 1.4. Yeah. I was just 20 minutes. 20 oh shit! Minutes because I shared it 20 That's minutes. That's so cool. Later. It's just like, oh, this is All amazing. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They did so well. They, yeah. I mean, and that's the alternative really comedy that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exactly Let's talk a little bit that, about your please. comedy background. You started when? I started in 2007. That was the first time I did any kind of comedy. And it was stand-up. It was in like a poetry oh, open mic in Ateneo. There's nowhere else to do it. <laughs> so me and Victor, shout out Victor and Anastasia, we both went to the Heights open mic where everyone was doing oh, poems and, how was and that? we did jokes. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was my first taste of saying a joke and getting a laugh from an audience. We did that and then soon after we did Laugh-A-Palooza with Jack TV that kind of jump started my you know stand up career I guess because then you we also end up meeting a lot of other people like Red Oliero you know we met him there so we were the top 3 me Victor and Red we're still buds Lapa and we're still doing it till now and yeah no I think they only did it twice on Jack TV I don't think they do it anymore but it was really fun and it was a great way to just meet other people that did it too I, I want to ask about the reception so, of that yeah. first show because, because it was a poetry <laughs> very artsy scene yeah, yeah. and here are two guys yeah, yeah. just like we're gonna do stand up it was good. I think since they were already open to begin with, like it was already a nice open environment. It was very, they were a listening crowd. So they were listening and they were into them what we were saying. Yeah, the jokes at times were like really, you know, what like is new, a dated joke yeah, dated. An unwoke joke? Well, I think, <laughs> I guess, yeah, an unwoke joke, definitely an unwoke joke. Your tendencies to go bustos right off the bat. So there was a lot of that. I remember both of our jokes were both very bustos. Because <laughs> that's what you, that's what's funny at the beginning. Because I remember I subbed for a college class that they were teaching improv. And everything was about, I, Jacol, I, blah, blah, blah. And I was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? And you can't read it. That's what they know. So you're just like, okay. Yeah. 
continue. Yeah, it's actually what we still we know until now. We just don't express it as <laughs> that's, often. That's nothing it changes. Often. That's the that's the secret. <laughs> nothing changes. You were talking about Laughapalooza. Yeah, yeah. How was that? I knew friends that joined yeah. two of the Laughapaloozas, but they didn't really have pleasant stories. Yes. So uh, experiences. It was fun. I think we fared well naman. It helped, I guess, that I had been doing some of the open mics already before that. And Victor as well. So we came in pretty psyched and excited. The process though was kind of... I can get why it wasn't the best experience for some. I can see that. It was, it was very nerve-wracking too. It was a lot like just throwing him into the fire and just yeah, to yeah. let him figure it out, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was challenging for sure. But it was fun. I mean, at the end of it, it was fun. It was my first taste of that big a crowd. What were the open mics that you would attend other than that? Because parang I didn't really... <laughs> oh man, the early... The, the early days yeah. of early open days. mics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the open mics I remember was... Do you remember the oh Bar Capones? That's, that's, that's... I'm showing my age. <laughs> Why am I Wait, saying the that? the one on Valero? Saying or that, the, but yeah, that's... Because okay. there was a the second... The one on Valero Capones. when you go up the stairs? Yes. Yes, oh, the, there that was... was a, talking about the first Capone. Yeah. That was a while back. It was that was the first one, the one I went to regularly, and I think that was it. There were a few other ones, but that's one that really sticks in my mind because that was the one that was more regular. Mm. So I'd been doing that a few times, and that's where Did I. Did you have any really bad sets in the early days? Was it like, oh really? Uh, all any the time. <laughs> or all no, no man. Um, I mean, they're all real. At the at the start, them they're all kind of encouraging them. Just when you at the start, just to get a laugh, you're like, "All right, I'm on my way." <laughs> just you get a chuckle. Of course, there were times when just nothing works, but at that point, you're just whatever. Just fire away at that point, I guess. I wasn't as sensitive as I am now because I'd been doing it a while. So now if yeah, I have yeah, a bad yeah, set, yeah, I'm yeah, like, I'm the worst. <laughs> you know, it's just a little more because I've been through it more now. I want to hear about like, whatever. the worst set. And then we'll talk about the best one later. But <laughs> the worst? Okay. There are many worst feelings sets ever. your worst set. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm ever? sure you have an ever. Oh, like ever. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Definitely I haven't ever. One already jumps off the top of my head. I had first moved to the States. I moved to New York and I remember I was doing stand-up a lot. Any excuse to just get any gig. Yeah, there were a lot. And I had met a lot of the Phil-Am comedians there. So anything I could get. And I remember this one guy... He's like, yo, man, I just I got this uh, gig that I turn I have to turn down. It's in Jersey City. It's a lot of Filipinos. You know, do you want it? And it's like, like ten minutes. I was just like, yes, I'll take it. You know, I was just so bebo at the time, and I just I failed to ask questions about said gig. <laughs> and I go there, and it's like, oh my god, it's like a it's like a TFC, ABS-CBN, the Filipino Channel outdoor fiesta. <laughs> I'm just like. Yeah, yeah, it's just like this is the exact gig in Manila that I'm not great at. <laughs> and then I come to the States and this is the same gig I get. Uh, at English. the time, I had been working on my, on my, U, my English set, you know. I'd been working on my like so New York club set and it was so different from what you say at a Capamilia gathering. I had to do 10 minutes and I was just freaking out. And 10 minutes is long. Yes, it's long. And then the people before you are like, you know, singers and boomy beat it. And just like, and then up next is this comedian. And they were probably expecting some kind of high energy dude. And a lot of my jokes at the time were, you know, really deadpan, deadma stuff. And it did not go well. 
It just it did not go well. I just remember a lot of confused faces in the crowd. The, the silver lining was I just re I always remember there was a pocket to my front left, right in front of me. There were these just like maybe group of like seven people who were like really into it. Like they were like loving it. They, I got them. Yeah, but like you know the. Hundred other people in the gathering they just weren't really feeling it. A lot of lolas, a lot of titas. <laughs> na parang ano raw? Ano sabi siya? Ano siya sabi niya? And the icing on the cake was the producer went to the front in front of me and just did like oh, the. Oh no! Got it, got it, man. Like just get the. I'm doing the hand motion <laughs> <in> on the <laughs> neck. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, yeah. That's get it, pretty get out bad. Of there. <laughs> And then that was bad. That was bad. It was just like, it was just bombing. But at least you had a reason. Yeah. Like, you knew why. Yeah, you knew why. Yeah. There yeah, was yeah. a reason. Yeah, I knew why. I knew why. Yeah, my jokes at the time were just not tuned to that audience. So, I, it was, it was a, I, it, that I, didn't, is I didn't have them from the start. But, you know. Yeah. I'll take it. And I'll it take is that under your belt. It made me a better <laughs> It makes <laughs> us. It does, it does. It, that, did that you, after that gig, sure. start making <laughs> jokes tuned for that kind of yeah, crowd? I you did. Yeah. I mean, I had Naman before I left. Like, before I left for the States, a lot of my jokes were, you know, more for Pinoy crowd. I just, I hadn't told them in so long, and I just kind of put them on the back burner at that time. And a lot of them were also oh, yeah. being in Manila jokes. And before I left, a lot of my Pinoy jokes were, like, about being here and living here and, living here and like, the hassle. And they can't relate to that. So I had like this, I had nothing. Like they couldn't relate to that. I mean, I had some Pinoy jokes that I squeezed in there, but those, those got laughs, but all in all, just, it was Kayla. So let's talk about your just. best. <laughs> Have there been many or is there one that stands out? I'd say there are a few. There are a few that really stand out. My Ateneo set, the one in the Irwin Theater. I had helped produce that with the Comedy Manila guys. So it was like an eight-guy lineup. And Shepard, my alma mater. So I was like super excited. And, Irwin and they can all relate with all minutes. your jokes. And they all related. Yeah, they were on board the entire time. <laughs> you know, at the, yeah, the, Atene the college crowds are really good. They're, you know, they're those are the really fun crowds. So that was really good. And I'd say one of my other really good sets, maybe in the States. I still remember Rex Navarrete. Shout out Rex, if you're listening. He invited me to do a show at yes, Gotham. I've been in there. Gotham Comedy Club. Yeah, that was a big deal for me at the time because it was a legit show. Because sometimes you have the opportunity to do a show there if it's you take a class there or something like that. But this one was like Rex had a show and they had paying guests and he got a couple of Filipinos and some other Philams to, to open. And that was good because like it was a big crowd and they were like really. In. I did five minutes. But and it was, it was a really New York set. <laughs> And it was a New York, yes, it was a New York set in a New York club. And Did you York, ever like picture audience. that you would do stand-up on a grand scale? I mean, I'm I sure you still do. For it. Many times. <laughs> yeah, I still hope to it's do it. Yeah, I'm still here. hoping. Yeah, it's very different to have a stand-up comedy <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Yes, mm. it's hard. The only to make ones a big that one have too. sold out Definitely. were the international artists. Yeah. And maybe, you know, Vice Gandai. Yeah. Big, big Vice names. Yeah. Do you yeah. think in a couple of years we're going to yeah. be able to do something like that? Like a big show stage for one person? Yes. Ooh, I think exciting. so. I think so. I think... I think so. I mean, a lot of the guys that really do it here yeah. that are really good, they're so good. And they can do an hour easily. Easily do an hour. 
And I think it's just opportunity, finding the right platform for it. You know, where would this air, this one hour special? But I think it's there because the talent's there. The talent, I don't think, is a question at all. I think it's just a question. Where will we do the show and how will we share it with a bigger audience? I want to have some kind of like half hour thing. Hopefully with this this year. It's also really marketing, you know? Yeah, it's, it's not marketing. really... Yeah, it's marketing. Yeah, you know, until, you know, we've been doing this so long and we still have to start off. <laughs> no one's gonna poke fun at you. And people yeah. still hesitate to sit in the front because they're gonna. We feel the same way in the improv community. Before yeah. every show, we have to ask mm. poor first timers, you know? And I feel like it's gonna be <laughs> yeah. a while before yeah. we can just start a show without an explanation. But I like where comedy mm. is headed now. There's so many new things coming out. Solid OK has been doing. You've been updating your sketches too, right? Yeah. yeah. Woo-hoo. Yes, we've been trying to do it more. We have been focusing more on events oh, for yeah. sure, like Lagag. Um, we've been just trying to put more importance to it because it's really fun for one. You get to meet a lot of different performers and a lot of different acts. And as for the sketches, we're just trying to find that healthy balance of how do we do this yeah. and not lose money. I know money. how you feel. <laughs> that's, the, that's the trick. And so it's a process every day trying to find that balance. But we're getting there. I'd say we're closer to how the How were you able to balance comedy before and working because now you're doing it full time which mm. is a dream for a yeah, lot of people full-time. it's a dream yeah. <laughs> yeah before it was tough at the very beginning of stuff especially when i graduated and i worked so from 09 to 12 my first job and i was in advertising which is notorious for crazy hours yeah. and not having time for anything else and true enough i did not have time for stand-up admittedly in that same three years span i didn't do stand-up as much maybe like handful of times literally and I remember, I'll never forget it, in 2012, I had seen Vic, then Red, who had not stopped doing it. And they got so good. And I was like, I got so jealous. And I was like, okay. And I missed it so much. And I realized, what am I doing, you know, in, in this job? For me, it just it didn't work for me. Uh, so definitely the balance there was tough. It, admittedly, one tipped over. But after that gone freelance ever since that it was really I'd been freelance all the way in the two years before I left New York in New York my entire time there what were you doing struggling there? you know I was a free oh. I was a freelance writer because <laughs> that was my skills that's where I had a portfolio even if it was Filipino stuff people saw that I did ads and that I could write so I did a lot of Craigslist. odd freelance writing jobs uh, some Craigslist, some on like these job placement things. There, I was gonna the ask. Weirdest one was <laughs> Is there a lot? Yeah. <laughs> what the weirdest one was? Yeah, you know how I was telling the story. Like I did a Filipino gig and I left the Philippines. Yeah. Like, it's the same kind of gig. And then uh, I worked in an Asian American ad agency, and literally I was writing ads for the Philippine market while I was there, which is funny. And the office, it felt like traveling to Hong Kong. It was a, such a different world. It did not feel like you were in the U.S. It felt like, you know, because everyone was Chinese or... Actually, everyone was majority. I'd say like 90% of that office was Chinese. And it was just a, sur- it was just a fun, surreal experience. Because I, I was just writing for, you know, Pinoy's there. I was writing Tagalog scripts in New York, which was really funny. I had to like write some Tagalog to translate their ads into Tagalog. So that was one of the odd, odd jobs. I also had. A, I also Upworthy. worked for Upworthy. Did no. Yes, I've, I see their. <laughs> font. They. they 
Yeah, they 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 pioneered the, the ah. clickbait uh, headline. They're the ones that pioneered like you the, won't you know, believe this girl it. Jumps you'll and bl- you'll blow you'll blow your mind. You know, that. oh my god, I have to click. Um, yeah, the, they started that, and I worked for them for about a year. And that was completely remote, like no office. Everyone was scattered across the U.S., so you meet online. That one I had more balance. Because admittedly, I feel in the U.S., work-life balance is a thing. It's a real thing there. And so you're not working as much or as hard, I would say. So you really have a lot of time to do extracurriculars. To I had to do a lot of odd jobs to be able to pay for rent. Was writing able to? Yeah. Sarap. Yes, writing. Yeah. Um, the the upworthy job was a legit job. It was a full time. I had benefits. <laughs> yeah, I had I had medical and dental. It was a good gig. It was a re- I really lucked out with the upworthy gig because it was yeah it was a full, legit full time thing. And it gave me a portfolio for other opportunities. I would freelance at different offices. It would be like for monthly projects, like that that Asian American ad agency. I'd be there for like three months at a time, and then my project would be done, and they wouldn't need me. And then like, sorry, you know. Then 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 I you know then I'd start to worry like, oh my god, how am I gonna pay for rent? That's when you start going to Craigslist, and you're like, what else can I write? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you find a lot of jobs. The things that you see there are so (laughs) weird. Uh, I would see some really peculiar. I want to be humiliated in Union (laughs) Square by a woman. Oh, there was this one. Okay. Uh, I forgot. It was the two dollar signs. (laughs) (laughs) But you can tell by how many dollar signs. My favorite one (laughs) was, and I actually asked my fiance, you think this is legit? A guy will pay you $500 to watch him shower. Because he wants to be watched. Oh, but, kung FaceTime, 150. Then he'll send it to you. So oh, I was like, can I do this? He goes, why? Damn. Do you need it? I'm like, well, uh. yeah, but no, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Shopping, you know. Anyway. Wow, know. talk about the under. What was the difference performing the for a crowd here and performing for a crowd in the U.S.? In the U.S.? I always... Because it's new here. Is that a good or bad thing and that it's so new here? Mm. It can be good and bad, I feel. Like, the good is, like, you know, they're excited. And it helps then, like, that it's so big with guys like Jokoi. Because they watch that first and they're like, is there a local version of this? And then they find the locals. And it can be really receptive with the right gig. I have personally have a hard time with more Tagalog sets. Like that, that is not my strongest suit. And I know that. <laughs> and it can be tough with those crowds that are expecting more of a Tagalog-centric material. And I feel like a lot of times that kind of audience can be very like challenging. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They come in like, let's see what this guy's got. And like, if he doesn't make me laugh at the first joke, I'm booing I'm loudly. Done. And then, yeah, you know, you can have that. I see it in their faces. Sometimes my first joke doesn't fly and they've tuned out the rest. That's they, how I feel they don't give me a chance about magicians. anymore. Sorry, magicians. But sometimes I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> Hey tough life, tough Magician's life. Magician's a tough gig. Tough, I get, life, tough gig, tough gig. gig. In the U.S., I would say would they can say be more forgiving, forgiving of that. Yeah. 
sometimes maybe yeah but yeah i'd say they're more because it's such an established art form that they know that well that joke won't fly but okay what do you got next kid you know there's more of that like okay that sucked but okay let's, let's see what else this guy's got i feel again that kind of sentiment is what's separate it's tough but i will say this joking in front of an audience here does kind of because there is that challenging factor it does kind of sharpen your skills a little more because you are working a little harder to find the thing that connects you to them and it's tough but because you put that extra effort parang i feel it's different when it, it's a skill that translates now now if you're in an audience that really is receptive that those filipino gigs will help you a lot of the local guys here will tell you that when they've joked they've done gigs in like singapore a lot of like the other asian comics talk about like filipino style which is like a more rapid fire they're just like filipinos just have such a knack for just coming in and just joke 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 and just kind of like just a flurry of jokes and being so good whereas other countries can have more of that slow burn can have that slow burn style into it Um, whereas here what do you mean you by that because I don't know if the listeners understand the slow burn mm. type of comedy and the rapid fire mm. like just off the bat mm, I'd say okay. it's just pace it's a pace thing here because people like I mentioned sometimes attention spans you don't have that long of a leash so you have to hit them with a joke oh. within like the first 10-15 seconds and like a lot of the guys who are really good how they mm. introduce themselves is already funny You know, Victor, anytime he goes on stage, he, he makes sure the host introduces him as the inventor of the wireless sampayan, which already puts you in a mindset, okay, that was funny, and then he, he comes on and he's hitting you joke after joke. Whereas, you know, sometimes you'll see, let's say, someone Quento with a different muna. style, with a more slow burn style. They're like, hey, how's everyone doing? Mm. Looking like a nice little audience here, you know, and they're, they're, they're just taking their time a little more, and they're just kind of letting you sink into it. So both styles... But you're saying rapid fire works thing. more. But I'd say rapid fire is definitely it's just a quicker way to respond, especially with a newer audience that is a bit more you're like wondering if you're funny or not. But then not to say that you won't get those gigs here that also you know where you don't necessarily have to do that. Let's talk about your time in Singapore. That was nice, Comedy Central, right? What's it like to perform for a Singaporean crowd? It was really fun. Comedy's really, there's a really nice scene there. Everyone was really nice. And it was nice to meet the other comics from around the world. Everyone was Asian, but not everyone lived in Asia. There was one guy, Nigel. He was from the UK, but he was Malaysian. And then JR was the other Filipino, but he was based in LA. So it was cool to meet them and to just see everyone share experience receptive the crowd was really nice really receptive super receptive other than the comedy central gig the local singaporean guys brought us and a lot of the others to like the the mary lion which is their flag oh okay like, legit it's a comedy club like it's not a bar where you're performing comedy it's a comedy club and it was really nice um we got to do two nights there Do you yeah, see us having fun, something really like that? A comedy club. We we kinda do in QC. Yeah. But I mean, you know yeah, yeah, the yeah, difference. Different type of I think so. I think it's I think headed we're in that direction. Right there. Yeah. I think we're definitely right there. In my head, I think it would be like definitely all forms. Whatever it would be, whatever this club would be. 
it would definitely need to have like improv and stand up and sketch. It would just I be a permanent blog If we <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if we could do that, and it's just like a comedy club for all kinds of comedy. I think uh, rather than to pigeonhole it into into just a stand up club or something, I think just make it for everything because it's new. Because we have to catch up. Um, we don't necess- I don't think we need to do like mm. oh what's what's Singapore doing what's the U.S. doing no let's just do it but I think we'll work here if it was like an all forms so any given night you can see something because if it were just stand up I don't know if we have the numbers mm. you know things like that we don't have the numbers I agree so strengths and numbers no? if we band together it's very different yeah. um, there are things that I've seen in the U.S. that I do not think are gonna work here and vice versa yeah, seeing sure. the trajectory of comedy here. Do you think a lot of people can make comedy their full-time job? I think so. It's I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Because it's how would tough. you even start it, I guess? <laughs> because I'm sure there are people who are listening that are just like, well, I want to do it. It can be done. Um, it can be done. Um, you just, I think you got to get creative about how you do it. For instance, that's why I went into advertising. I felt it was the closest thing to writing something funny at a professional level. Because, uh, you know, there are funny commercials. And did I you write like anything funny that commercials I might have too, seen? Legit. Um, I don't know. I did a lot of Lucky Me stuff before. And those were like the ones that was open to comedy. Oh. <laughs> I was the writer for Skin White. For the longest time. Yeah, that was the my... Guy, was skin the white skin guy, Skin White guy. Yeah. Yeah, I was Wait, like talking to all the ladies of... You know. No, no, no. No, no, no. I mean like... I was the lead copywriter for Skin White. Like 2011, 2012, that entire campaign. I don't remember Skin White ever being it. funny. <laughs> it, was it wasn't. It was definitely not funny. It was more of like, oh, it had to you know. It was, that was so the goal. it's really just finding different yeah. ways. Finding different ways to write. Whether, you know, find opportunities that pay for creative writing. And, you know, whether that's something like advertising or if it's articles or if you want to the the studios and like, you know, there are production companies that, you know, like there are shows out there. Um, I know a lot of the Comedy Manila guys write for, used to write for, I think, I don't know if they still do. They used to write for Going Bulilit on GMA. So those are comedy shows. Um, And there are opportunities like that, you know, if you want to go down like the the show route like that. Um, but I would say you gotta. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you not gotta like have a lot of I'm doing stand up yeah. only. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like I gotta do stand up and then I will write this thing I don't like to write, but it'll pay the bills. I think it's just constantly uh, bombarding. So you just really have to be busy all the time. You just have to be busy. Yeah, I think it's, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to be busy, but also make yeah, sure you, yeah. you earn money. Charge right. Let's talk That's a little bit about Solid, okay? Right. This was founded in 2018. 18, officially. But I had been conceptual. I want to know about that process. Yeah. The conceptual yeah. process cool. of yeah. Solid, okay? So what yes. made you want to create this channel? And you were in the US. Why did you not pursue That's something there yes. instead? Great question. So, I actually went to the U.S. with the goal of coming back. I always knew I was going to come back here. And I wanted to learn. I also really loved sketch writing. As much as I watched stand-up, 
when I used to watch like SNL or Kim Peel or even Conan, like early Conan, yeah, when he would do sketches, like that's the thing that would make me go, how do I do that? How do I do something that dumb on TV? That's the thing I want to know how to do. So I went there to figure out how they did it because there's no school here that kind of taught no. you how to make and an I SNL sketch. And I knew that they had programs there, like the Upright Citizens Brigade, and then you went to the Magnet, so right? Magnet Theater, and there's also the Pit. So there's so many theaters where you could learn it, and I knew I just needed to learn it and just to see what it was all about. Once I had a, a grasp for it, I was like, oh, this is really fun. I knew I always wanted to do something here. I felt like I saw the path. That's the one thing I also wanted to like. I saw the path to how people become and SNL And it's achievable, right? Because, because it's yeah, it's, you can do it. But it's, it's achievable. Yeah. You can do it. But it's tough. I mean, I will say you got to put in a lot of work to get there. But I saw the path. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm within striking distance. And so once I figured out, like, I felt confident in my skills. I get what they're doing. But at the same time, when I would write sketches there, I had a hard time. My upbringing was so different. It was very Pinoy. And not even Philippines. It's a very specific you know, kind of so Pinoy. So many of the things also. that. Yeah. It's a very specific kind of Pinoy that, that lives in the States. So much of what I wanted to joke about and the things I want to talk about were. I always felt like it would work just better here. And those are the kind of jokes and sketches that I had more fun with. So, you know, at a certain point, I was like, okay, I want to do sketches in Manila. How are we going to do that? And, you know, I just started to look that funnier die and like college humor and like how they got their start. And I came across an article about it was like on wired or like one of those like business magazines it was about the business of funny or die and it was just this long article that that basically talked about how will ferrell and adam mckay started it and yun they started out doing sketches and eventually they made a name and they got advertisers and sponsors and now they're a studio so i saw like that's the trajectory i thought might work and I had been working at Upworthy, and that was the model they use. They build their audience through their original work, and once they have a defined audience, then people are like, oh, I'm a sponsor. Here, maybe write something for me, for your audience. It's what BuzzFeed does. It's what it's all the publishers do. So I thought, oh, maybe that's the model. Maybe it's like a publisher thing, um, like a platform. And then, then, then I started to get excited. I was like, oh, that's, yeah, it's like, oh, it'll be a platform. Then. Everyone can do it, and like, and that was that was like something that was super super important. Like, um, it had to be for everyone. Like, I wanted to cast like a huge net. Like, if you're doing anything funny, that's it. That's the only criteria for, you know, funny question mark. That's the that was the yeah 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 yes that was really it. Um, yeah, and so that got me excited, and so the ideas started to form in my head. Um, it was not called Solid Okay at the start. It was called Classic. Cla- it was called Classic at the start. Classic. Yeah, spelled K L A S I K, which in retrospect it's not, not probably the, the worst. Best name. It's not the worst. Uh, it's not the worst. But it's just I felt Solid Okay. And it also caters to the upbringing that you were yeah talking about. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. So Yon, uh, once I had the loose idea in my head, um, I knew I was going to incorporate the. Uh, the writing system I learned at UCB. Um, I knew, like, once I learned it, I was like, this would be so much more fun if it was, like, me and the other, you know, uh, Filipino comedians. So I knew I wanted to do that. And I remember I reached out to Red and other com- the other some of the other Comedy Manila guys, like uh, Vic and James and uh, Marlon. 
um, Olivan. And I just asked them, like, you know, I, I just told them, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Um, you know, uh, what do you guys think? You know, and, you know, a- any of you can give me some help or direction. And everyone's super busy um, doing their own thing. Making money, um, you know, making money. Making money. They're all making money. And I got, you know, I, I respect that completely. Um, but I told him I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go at this full time, and if if uh, you can give me a leg up somehow, and then Red, um, who was also doing freelance at the time, um, and still does. Red does a lot of freelance, and so he had time to to kind of help me form it. So when I moved back here, I had laid the groundwork, and me and Red kind Red kind of helped me navigate what I had missed while I was gone. I asked him. I first thing I was like, we need writers. Like I can hire. Like, I'll get a budget, and I'll find a way to And it's out of pocket. Um, you started well, we this all, like, me? Like, yeah. I'm gonna do this? Yes. I got a... Damn. I took, I took a little loan. <laughs> That's I took amazing. A little loan. That's a big risk, <laughs> and wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah thank yeah, you. I would it's say. It's been paying off. I'd say it's paid off. Yeah, so it was a risk. That I, got me, I, got, I was scared at the start, for sure. Um, but, you know, Red definitely helped me out. And yeah, and he yes. helped me find the the triple A's as yeah. we know them now. Aldo, Alexa, and Andrew, and they're the guys. If you, they're the guys you see on Saldo K. Yeah, <laughs> they're the guys on all the videos. <laughs> um, and they're really funny. And then so we did like a little audition thing. I did a I did a, like a little writing test, and they were easily the the, the best ones. Yeah, give them Very curious. <laughs> yeah, give them writing tests. Yeah, how do you get a writing <laughs> what the writing test, test was? Do you grade it on um, the humor, the grammar, the? Uh, I graded on the uh, humor. Plus points for, uh, plus points for structure. If you can format margins, it properly. Margins, one inch um, on the left. Is, yes, margins, bold your titles and, you know, just make it nice and pretty on the, you know, pretty on the eyes and that's always plus points. But it's the writing, the humor. I asked them to make um, 10 sketch pitches or was it 20? Um, mm. Just random like sketch pitches, and I told him to explain it in one or two sentences. And I asked him to flesh out, okay, out of all these pitches that you made, flesh out the one you like the best, and make it into a three to five page script. So before they so at least I see that wild. Yeah. How many people applied? Yeah, yeah. So not that much, I'd say. That's still a big number, considering you hired yeah. three lang. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Um, the other guys were really good too, um, but the the three, they stood the three out. Is really, they got it. I mean, yeah, they stood out for sure. They had a, they had an eye, and I remember listening to them in their stand up. I had seen them do stand up, and they were good. Um, so yeah. That's how that's how it happened, and then yeah, since we launched that first video, or at least when we first started, we were writing a lot, and then we did our first video, and then yeah, kind of met everyone through that process, met you through that process. I'm and curious yeah, because really a lot of people, not me, yeah. always say, "Yeah, ka <laughs> you know and it's an it's an interesting because you are a citizen so it is a very interesting yes question because you chose to come back despite it being available to you very clear you saw the path yeah yeah i could totally have stayed and you saw the path i could totally stay i saw the path yeah yes why so why did i come back 
Um, or why didn't you choose why that? I why didn't I choose that? Um, I would say it's, you know, like in comedy, I always believe in, you know, you tell the story you want to tell and you joke about what you want to joke about. And it was just the simple, uh, the stuff I want to joke about is just more Pinoy-centric. And it's not that I didn't want to do the more, you know, because if you, you know, to see Yeah, what would you draw from? Very curious. It's... It's tough. It's very difficult there because everyone is so unique, and you really have, you know, um, it's there's so much, um, I'd say, nuance in the culture um, that I didn't really completely understand. Like I could have, you know, I a lot of my material there was kind of like the this foreigner type in a strange land and i'm i'm filipino that's really what yeah ooh, it's so different in the philippines i mean that was majority of myself but here i don't have to do that here it's just like ah yeah alam guard you know oh alam mga and then you know those are things that i really enjoyed more um, those little things about pinoy culture and you know, it's just different. I, you know, joking in with a lot of yeah. Pinoy's. And Pinoy just, humor, it there's something yeah. about it. Pinoy humor, there's something about it. I, you know, yes, there is something about it. It's, there's, like, I always liken it to, you know how, like, New Zealand but it's humor, so it's so relatable. Yeah. But so relatable. I feel like we're about Maybe. to find what that is for Pinoy's. You know, like, what is that thing that makes it, oh, that feels so But then that's the question, Filipino, will other people you know? understand it? Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. one time yeah. I was doing yeah. improv yeah. in the States, and everyone got so confused in the scene because I said, fine, get the water from the ref. Mm. And they were like, the, ref, <laughs> the referee? <laughs> you know, that's, what, that's the first yeah. thing that entered. And I was like, open the ref. Yeah, yeah, open yeah. Open the ref. Even little things like that. And the same, they'd reference yeah. oh American God. history. Yeah. Na, I don't know anything about yeah. it. Mm. Oh, you know, well, Hamilton yeah. once said, Yo, I don't know what Hamilton said. Yeah. Oh my God. That's such a Jackson thing to Michael. do. I'm like, what does that even mean? Michael? Imagine yeah. if you just Randy? Said that. Yeah, so, and a lot of things also. Like, I remember being in the writer's room there. And very diverse, but everyone kind of grew up there. And everyone, I remember there'd be times when I'm like, oh my God, I remember in high school when so and so was big on TV. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like the only one. How much of your truth do you bring out in your comedy? I'm sure you can't Great just question. spill everything. Yeah. Oh my life! Yeah. Is, you know, how much of your truth? <laughs> I'd say just a little. I don't bring so much. It's still my observations and based on my experiences. But admittedly, I don't go too much down there. But at the same time, I also acknowledge that if I want to take that next step as a stand-up, I should. Full vulnerable. Like, to go there, there needs. To, yeah, there's just a certain place you gotta go to, I feel, to get the really good jokes. Admittedly, I'm still working it out. I have an easier time doing it with sketch. And also, I thought about it. Huge. It's so different to do stand-up here. Because, for example, I'll use mm. him as an example. Hassan Minaj. If he mentions someone yes. from his high school, who cares? But here, mm. Manila's so yeah. small that if you say something like, you know, I had this yeah. classmate named Vic... People know who that is, yeah. so yeah. it's a little yeah, scary to yeah. bring Small your talent. full truth. Yeah, 
Definitely. Yeah, sometimes I think about that. Oh, my ex-girlfriend like and my ex-boyfriend and people yeah. are really trying to say <laughs> Yeah. So it's a scary yes, thing. Seriously. Do you think you're going to have to do it? Because you did say. I, I feel, yeah, I want to also. I'm at that place where I understand if I want to take that next step, I have to do that. And I just open up a little more about all the stuff I go through. And I think sketches definitely helped because right now I'm just putting it in different characters, you know, like it's not me, but I'm drawing on real experiences and just throwing it in the script. But to be an stand-up. What do you think you want to concentrate more on? Stand-up or sketch? Is there something that's taking Mm. the lead right now? I'd say sketch is probably taking the lead. And I guess really in like my heart, it's really what I enjoy more, to be honest. Not to say I don't enjoy Sam, I really do. But I really love doing sketch. And I've started to really like directing. And that's got me into that. I think it's opened up a lot of other things comedically like that I didn't even pay attention to before like how you can be funny with a camera movement I didn't truly grasp that before and having a lot of videos under my belt now I have a better grasp for that like what move camera would make this funnier what edit would make this funnier and working with the people we work with just trying to fine-tune that especially working with actors and you know some they'll bring a lot of funny things working with improvisers such as yourself like in our last show which is gonna have another run that was so much fun and everyone and another yes (laughs) yeah so you and i've really really enjoyed that and i've really taken to that but I don't want to let go of stand-up. It's like... I always ask the guests thing, to you know? encourage listeners. Like, what would you say if one of the listeners yeah. is like, I want to do comedy. Yeah. Yes, do it. Ganun <laughs> lang. Yes, do it. <laughs> do it. Just do it. I would say we just need more people with more points of view. And that's always a welcome thing. If you want to do it, but you don't know where to start, I would say just start by telling a joke at what do you mean? Professional level. Kind of like putting yourself out there. Put your put your comedy out there. That's the first step. Don't chill. quit your job or anything chill. off the bat. Just chill, Muna. But if you have a joke to tell, go to an open mic. See how that feels. If you get that laugh and it's a rush and you're like, I want this all the time, then you know you got something because it is a grind and it's very unpredictable. But it's a fun ride if you got thick skin. You know. And even as I was doing classes in the States, you got to have thick skin. And you really do. You really have to have thick skin because some nights you'll kill and some nights you'll suck. So bad that you will question why you made this choice. But that love for making someone laugh and getting a laugh because of something you said, that lang. You'll be fine. If you want to be a professional at that, I would wow. say just ask. Email me. Email Solid OK. We have a public email now, Barnaby <laughs> at SolidOK.com. <laughs> yeah. We wanted like a butler name. Because, you know, a lot of emails are like questions. info at Globe, you know, or like, yeah. yeah, questions. Hello at. So we wanted like, let's make it a real person, like a butler. So Barnaby. So email Barnaby at SolidOK.com. If you have any questions, you know, writing sketches. If we have a really good sketch that's really funny that we can produce, we will compensate you for it. So, and go to Blagag, one of the perfect places to try it out um, if you have a comedy act of some kind. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to thank another you. episode of Tawalets. Um, yeah, so thank you, Ryan, for joining us. It's been amazing. Thank I you. I am air shaking his hand. There you go. So thank you so much and hope you enjoy the rest of your day.